Hello, my name's Florence. Welcome to the OBS pod. I'm an NHS obstetrician, hoping to share some thoughts and experiences about my working life. Perhaps you enjoy Call the Midwife, maybe birth fascinates you, or you're simply curious about what exactly an obstetrician is. You might be pregnant and preparing for birth. Perhaps you work in maternity and want to know what makes your obstetric colleagues tick, or you want some fresh ideas and inspiration. Whichever of these is the case, and for that matter, anyone else that's interested, the OBSPOD is for you. Episode 55. Birth Trauma. This week is Maternal Mental Health Week. And this year, the theme of Maternal Mental Health Week is Journey to Recovery. Therefore, I thought this week it would be good to talk about birth trauma. Let's start with what I mean by trauma. Trauma results from an event, series of events or set of circumstances that is experienced by an individual that is physically or emotionally harmful or life-threatening and that has lasting adverse effect on the individual's functioning and mental, physical, social, emotional or spiritual well-being. To be clear, trauma does not mean PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. As many as one in three women will experience their birth as traumatic in some way and may exhibit post-traumatic stress symptoms. Common symptoms of birth trauma include flashbacks, nightmares or intrusive thoughts relating to the birth or the period around the birth avoiding talking about the birth or reminders of the birth, feeling irritable, jumpy or agitated. For some, these symptoms will be immediately after the birth, but for others, they may be months later or may manifest themselves when planning another baby or becoming pregnant again. Birth trauma doesn't just affect the mother. It can also affect birth partners, family members, friends and healthcare professionals. Of those women that experience these symptoms, post-traumatic stress symptoms, only a small number will experience post-traumatic stress disorder. Around 1 in 25 women will experience this PTSD following childbirth. Birth trauma is important not only because of the impact it has on the woman and her start to motherhood, but also for the impact it will have on the bond with her baby and the development of that baby. I know this only too well from my experience with my first birth. I certainly did not have PTSD, but I definitely had some of those post-traumatic stress symptoms I felt very disinterested in my baby. I couldn't recount the birth without crying. I felt a deep sense of loss and a sense of there being something that had happened to my body, not to me. 
and I would say it took about six months for those feelings to pass. Because I have an interest in talking to women about birth options, many of the women that come to my hospital who've experienced birth trauma come to me, either for follow-up in the postnatal period or in their next pregnancy when they're pregnant again. Sometimes when they describe what's happened, I can immediately understand what triggered those feelings. Perhaps they had an emergency caesarean or a difficult assisted birth or a large blood loss. But equally, sometimes on paper, reviewing the notes, it looks like a very standard, straightforward birth. And yet that woman will perceive it as having been traumatic. And I think as professionals, we sometimes find that a bit difficult. We're at a bit of a loss. What was it about that birth that for that woman, we've left her feeling traumatised? Sometimes women switch hospitals. That's quite easy in London. After all, there's a lot of choice. But it's not necessarily possible in some more rural areas or towns that have only one hospital. Then it's much easier when we hear what happened to think, well, that wouldn't happen here, would it? It's fixed possibly by simply changing the place of birth. But if a woman comes back to us, then we have to take a really good hard look at ourselves and think, why did this happen here? When I listen to the stories, I can end up feeling very sad, so sad that someone has had that experience in my own place of work. Incredulous that in a place where we really pride ourselves on being women-centred and really caring for women, that we can still end up with women feeling traumatised. I've heard women describe their birth experience with some horrific language. They've described being violated, powerless, not being listened to or heard. They may describe staff as rude, brutal, having an agenda, on a power trip, abrupt, feeling I was a nuisance. When you think about this in the context of the fact that this is supposed to be a caring profession and a caring maternity service, it's shocking when you hear these descriptions. Again, it would be easy to think that no one would ever describe me in this way. But I know for certain that I have traumatised a small number of women in my care during my career. And that's a really hard fact to face. How do I know? I know because I may have seen them postnatally and had to acknowledge it in person. Or I know because I've discovered it because they've gone as far as a complaint. This might include many other factors about their care, but may specifically include comments about me. And that's a really difficult realisation. I think I'm an empathetic person. I strive to do my best. I try and use the right language and be caring. I try and communicate about what I'm doing and why 
but sometimes it just goes wrong. On some occasions, I know it's because I've thought I've been trying to be helpful, perhaps avoiding a trip to the operating theatre, doing something in the room, or trying to break the waters with difficulty so that a woman can move along to the next stage of her induction of labour. And then on reflection afterwards, you realise actually the impact that had on that woman wasn't positive, wasn't what you intended, and inadvertently, you've caused her trauma. So when a woman walks into my clinic and says she can remember me from a previous birth, there's always a brief moment, heart in mouth, where I think, is that a memory in a good or bad way? Until she expands a little further. So what can we do about it? Well, the good news is, Trauma can be preventable. And there is a thing called a trauma-informed approach, which may reduce the instance of birth trauma. And I'm going to expand on that a little bit more here. One of the key things is that trauma is in the eye of the beholder. Trauma is not an event, but how we experience something. If this is how we made a woman feel, however unintentionally, we've caused trauma. And sometimes preventing that trauma may be as simple as giving a really clear explanation as to what we're doing and why we're doing it. An example might be being strapped to the operating table. If we're doing a caesarean and using a spinal anaesthetic, the woman loses the power of her legs. Therefore, for safety reasons, there's a strap that goes round her legs to hold her on the operating table and prevent her leg from slipping off the table. If it did slip off the table, it might pull her off the table and she might fall or it might cause damage to her hip or pelvis, jerking it at a time when her hormones have softened all those ligaments and joints. But to a woman, this may feel as if she's being restrained, tied down, in a threatening way, if we do not explain what we're doing and why we're doing it as we go along. Equally, I've had women who I feel have every reason to feel traumatised. They've experienced a very difficult birth, perhaps resulting in a very unwell baby and an unexpected admission of that baby to the neonatal unit. Yet when I've gone to talk to them postnatally, they've said to me, I know my family tell me I should be angry with the hospital. But although I was upset at the time, you've all been incredibly kind. I feel I've been well cared for. I've had a thorough explanation at every stage. I know that everyone has been doing their best for me and my baby. So I understand that these things happen and I can make peace with that and move on. One of the things I've done recently is undertake the Make Birth Better Champions Training. This is a campaign to try and reduce birth trauma I also attended their Birth Trauma Summit in March of this year. 
there were a series of amazing speakers. One of the benefits of it being a virtual conference is the possibility of speakers from all over the world. I learned a lot and thought a lot as a result. For me, one of the most outstanding presentations was by Deb Dana from the Polyvagal Institute in America. And her presentation really resonated with me. I've attached a link to a short video explaining this theory, polyvagal theory. But in summary, it talks about the idea of us constantly scanning the environment for cues of safety or cues of danger. And what results in our behaviour when our brains get it wrong and see cues of danger where perhaps there are none. I think for maternity staff and families in maternity care, this is a very important observation. If we're constantly talking using the language of risk, classifying people as high risk in inverted commas, and counting risk factors, age, growth problems for the baby, placental insufficiency, the baby being distressed, we may be constantly reinforcing cues of danger and tipping women and staff into stress reactions unwittingly. We also need to be aware that many women that we're caring for may have experienced some sort of previous trauma in their lives. I've certainly looked after women who have had the trauma of a severe illness or a car accident in their past and that has certainly framed how they feel about giving birth and how they feel about their own health and that of their baby having had some sort of life-threatening event. I've also looked after women with a past history of abuse either sexual or physical for whom there may be very specific things that trigger memories and distress from that time. Similarly, women with needle phobias. It's often important to unpick what is the underlying reason for that phobia because there's often something going back to a specific experience in childhood or witnessing someone else having a needle that has coloured how they react to needles themselves now. These days, birth reflections, clinics and debriefs are becoming increasingly popular, despite the fact that there isn't any hard evidence that they prevent trauma. And indeed, there is a possibility of doing harm. However, telling the birth story and understanding what's happened does seem to help women. They seem to appreciate it part of that integration of the birth story into their lives that I discussed in last week's episode. And in my hospital, this work is divided between the professional midwifery advocates, or PMA, and the consultants, depending on the type of birth or clinical situation. We need to be really aware of the positive ways we can care for families during their pregnancy, birth and start of motherhood to prevent trauma. A key thing is the choice of language you use and how you communicate. Thinking about dignity 
Privacy. Treating a woman humanely. The way you would like to be treated. Or the way you'd like your sister or daughter to be treated. Provide good, clear information about different choices and options. And give her time to make decisions about any care that she may require. For many pregnant women, I see the most important thing I can try and do is help them unpick what is important to them in their next birth. For some women, this will be the certainty of a planned caesarean section. For others, it might be home birth, away from a medicalised environment altogether. For others, it will be an epidural. There isn't any one-size-fits-all. The best thing is when you see that woman on the other side of that birth and she's had a healing, restorative experience in place of her previous trauma. That's the best feeling to have helped facilitate that. Now for today's zesty bit. There's lots we can do. There's lots of free training and information for both maternity staff and women and families. I've put a lot of links in today's programme notes, but I'd particularly like you to explore makebirthbetter.org as it has some great handouts for both staff and women and families and lots of information on how we might prevent birth trauma. I'd also love you to explore unfoldyourwings.co.uk During my time working on maternity experience, I've come across some amazing women championing understanding of all sorts of aspects of lived experience in maternity care. And one example that I haven't mentioned on my podcast before is Emma Sasserow. Following her own trauma and PTSD and long journey to diagnosis and recovery, she's worked tirelessly at personal and emotional cost to speak at events and raise awareness amongst others and improve support for women. She set up Unfold Your Wings and I urge you to explore her site to understand the impact birth trauma can have and see what's available for women. I'd also love you to take a quick look at the Polyvagal Institute video that I mentioned. If you're a woman who's experienced birth trauma or a partner who's experienced birth trauma or you know someone who's experienced birth trauma. Don't be afraid to ask for help, either for you or the person affected. There are a number of really successful psychological therapies that can be helpful and there are lots of resources online. Some women also find sharing their story can be quite cathartic too and part of that recovery. So to round off today, I hope touching on birth trauma has helped you perhaps think about that journey to recovery as we celebrate Maternal Mental Health Week 2021. I'm going to finish with a lived experience card from the Who Shoes board game. Deja vu. 
I'd had such a traumatic experience with my first birth that I opted to go to a different hospital when I became pregnant again. But then, when I ran into problems, I was told that if my baby needed special care, she would have to be transferred to the original hospital. Nobody seemed to understand why this was such a big deal for me. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of The Obs Pod. Feel free to contact me on Twitter at FWMaternity or at The Obs Pod to ask me questions, give me topics for future episodes or let me know what you think. It's absolutely fantastic when you get in touch. I really enjoy reading your comments. As usual, I've tried to include in the programme notes some extra reading about this particular topic, both for professionals working in maternity care and for pregnant women using services. I'd like to reassure you that although I'm talking about my experiences working in maternity care, I take confidentiality very seriously and do not give any personal information about any of my patients. If you've enjoyed listening, I'd love you to recommend the OBSPOD to friends or colleagues. And please do leave me a review on whichever podcast directory you find my episodes. Many thanks for listening.